So realistically, I didn't have like a lot of flexibility, let alone options in terms of exploring universities. And Mount St. Mary's really stood out to me because they were really big on, you know, emailing and just advocacy and just like, you know, adapting to the flexibility of what COVID was. And the campus is pretty isolated in general. So it was kind of easy to adapt for them, like in comparison to most schools that are like in the city or things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just in terms of like eagerness for them, like, you know, continuing to email me and just being an active, like, you know, voice in my ear. So I think, you know, a lot of communication and just like persistence really played a big part for me. So you was heavily recruited. That's fantastic. You're not an athlete. You was recruited. Wow, that's fantastic. I um, mean, I'm, the school is really known for like their academic scholarships too. So I think like that plays a big part too. Oh yeah. Hey, anytime you get any money for school, believe me. Welcome to the Career Education Artist in a Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Rivers. I am thrilled and elated to have Michelle Zilea on our show today. Michelle is a senior at Mount St. Mary's University, and she is majoring in what she called PPE. We'll find more about that PPE, which is philosophy, politics, economics, and cybersecurity. How are you doing today, Michelle? Thank you for having me, Mitchell. Um, I'm doing really great, you know, just finishing my day at classes and just, you know, doing a couple errands, but I'm happy to be with you today. Thank you so much for coming on our show. So, Michelle, why did you choose to go to St. Mary's University or Mount St. Mary's University and not no other school? What made Mount St. Mary's University special for you to attend to pursue your college career? Well, um, considering that I was a graduate from the 2020 class, I had a lot of fallbacks within COVID. So realistically, I didn't have like a lot of flexibility, let alone options in terms of exploring universities. And Mount St. Mary's really stood out to me because they were really big on, you know, emailing and just advocacy and just like, you know, adapting to the flexibility of what COVID was. And the campus is pretty isolated in general. So it was kind of easy to adapt for them, like in comparison to most schools that are like in the city or things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just in terms of like eagerness for them, like, you know, continuing to email me and just being an active, like, you know, voice in my ear. So I think, you know, a lot of communication and just like persistence really played a big part for me. So you was heavily recruited. That's fantastic. You're not an athlete and you was recruited. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, I mean, the school is really known for like their academic scholarships too. So I think like that plays a big part too. Oh yeah. Hey, anytime you get any money for school, believe me, I had done a myriad of ways of going to college, right? I've told yeah. my owners before. I've done I'm a reserve. I'm with community college first. I got a scholarship my first year. Um, I've done whatever I could to make that money right. work, so I would have to do no loans. Because and at so, the end of the day, I'm a firm believer that whatever you do in terms of yourself and adapting yourself to school, um, it's going to be what makes you stand out, and it's going to be what helps you at the end. Like, networking goes a long way, and you can do that at any university, but it just depends on how, you know, you you yourself would implement that. 
Yeah, and these days with social media like it is, which is way better than when I was going to school. <laughs> I mean, you don't really have to go to a big university or to a big college or to a big city if you're an athlete to get known. These days with social media and it's all over the place, then you just be right there and they can see you right away, right? Just like this podcast. Yeah, I They're finding you, right? I think especially with the rise of technology and how often it is used within just different wide ranges of people, like even LinkedIn is such a resource for useful resource now that maybe 10 years ago wasn't. Yes, I know. The phone has come so far. My gracious. It's amazing what you can get on this phone these days. You know, I told somebody, soon they're going to be able to operate with you on the phone, you know. They're actually trying to implement studies where robots can do that. Yes. Certain um, surgical procedures, which is just Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, I've I seen that. Um, I'm a nerd at heart, Michelle. Um, and one of those um, NPR things, you know, to where they I was already doing it back in the day where they had robots operating and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, this thing, what they're going to do in the future with technology is unbelievable. There was a show, Michelle, where they talk about the 1970s compared to now. It was laughable. It was laughable how big that computer was, how they had to change so many things every hour on the hour. And what you can do now, it's just it's just amazing. I completely like, especially because in my cybersecurity courses, I think I'm able to see more in terms of just like the background in terms of how far the computer has gone along. Like I remember just in my syllabus class, they were showing us computers that looked like the size of like a UPS room. I was like, what the, like, you know, it's just so crazy because if people don't really have the knowledge or let alone like visualization to see the differences, Mm -hmm. then people really just aren't aware of things. Yeah. Like, I remember having an iPod and that was amazing to me, but like <laughs> a cable box full of walls and then, you know, that's equivalent to a computer. It kind of really amazes you. Yeah, Michelle, it's funny because I've seen something on YouTube or I've seen something on TikTok where the person was comparing what we had in the day compared to what y'all had. And we did have a little bit of technology. It wasn't quite the way where you see it now, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to Central P, my community college for my two-year degree back in the 80s. And so we did have a, like a online class. It was just different. So everything was VHS and people were watching this, viewers and listeners watch this my age. They know what I'm talking about. You put in a tape, they would record the professor giving a class. Then that, that study that day. And then you would go in the library and look at it and have your own little study room. And then you can go to the testing center and take a test. So that was our online course. See? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right. That was our online course, you know, like somebody said, you know, we, we had a lot of technology. It just wasn't as fast or efficient as it is now at your fingertips that we said before. Yeah. And nowadays we don't even have snow days anymore. So you would think like, you know what oh. I mean? Because you guys had snow days. Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I thought it was another day when it was taking snow days. Yeah. yeah, I got that when they put in the snow the other day. I'm like, oh, good. I remember my little snow day, snow day, please. And we wait for the college school. Yes, yes, snow day. Yes, yes. And um, even my kids were a little happy for snow day. Yes, snow day, snow day. Yes, yes. I can, yes, I remember even especially because growing up, I had like a little flip phone just in case of emergencies. <laughs> but now, ne- like my nephews, they can send me an Amazon list wish list of what they want for Christmas. And I just think even within the generations that we see, like, the younger ones, we definitely see like the development of technology, just, you know, taking care of like their child development and things like that. Like a lot of kids are just growing up more faster than they used to. 
Oh yeah, technology there. I mean, you see little kids in carts and running mama always messing computers already. So they're already starting to get that technology education already. Yeah, I completely agree. I think technology is definitely going to be um, innovative, but I also think, you know, it raises concerns, especially in the academic setting with like the rise of Chad GBT and things like that and like yeah. just artificial intelligence in general. I heard about that. Is that why come you try to also go into cybersecurity because of the investment of computers and the technology where it's going these days? Well, partially, but I'm also I'm mainly interested in cyber law, which kind of has to do with like threats and just like the ethical practices between um, cyber, just because um, I took on cybersecurity more as like, you know, the rising field and just like the stability right. and wide range opportunities that come within studying anything in STEM. And I wanted to really interconnect, interconnect my double major with my first major because I really love poli sci and just like, you know, everything mm -hmm. that has to do with the economy. So I think just being able to intercombine both of them was really important to me. Yeah. And I seen when I when I answered that question, uh, where, where was that combination coming from? You know, your mm -hmm. PPE with philosophy, with politics, with economics, just all go together these days more than ever. Right. Everything, unfortunately, is about money, power and control kind of like the bad side of politics and the world can be, but also good when you spread that wealth around or you're able to help people who needs help along the way. And then the threat of cybersecurity, which is everybody, right, with banking and finance and with the computers that we use and need for technology as far as banking and finance and other things that we do, we just have it at our fingertips. So like you said before, we use technology throughout the day and don't even know it. Everything from appliances to cars to menu on this, Cyber on this call right now on a podcast, right? right? Podcasts have blown up big time. It's all real small, and now everybody has a podcast. Everybody, everybody has a podcast. I know. I guess I have a podcast too. And that's just an overall part of my. This is only a fourth part of my whole uh, business plan as far as being an entrepreneur. You know, um, yeah. podcast. We're gonna have webinars. We're gonna do live events. We're gonna do other things. So it's only a, a, a part of the whole business philosophy that we have here at Career Education Learning Center. It's not the part, but a lot of people say, well, is that what you're going to be a podcaster? And now you can actually be a podcaster, a YouTuber, you know, Instagram and make money off that, you know. Even TikTokers, like that's good, really building a lot of traction nowadays because it's just, you know, short 60 minute clips that millions of people see within a time span. And they get paid very good money. I, very that, that's, well. not amazing. that's not amazing that I have. And I tell people all the time that I have a neighbor that does YouTube. And the only time I see him is when he takes out the trash and his robe and they're waving at me. Hey, right. like, that's about that. it, you know? <laughs> he saved gas, energy, headache, stress. Uh, you know, he's his own boss. So, I mean, that is a great way to go. You know, that's, that's one thing that I would like to do. Michelle, I remember seeing your profile about a program that you went to over the weekend. It was a weekend program in D.C. You remember that oh, program? Yes. Yeah. Um, I went to um, the Washington Center and I joined. Um, I was given the opportunity to be able to go to D.C. and join their work workforce readiness program. And I really loved the opportunity. It was very insightful. And like it was just a really great opportunity because. I oftentimes, like especially being at a small Catholic school, you kind of are around like very similar perspectives and just ideologies. And like you're when you're going to university, you're around the same people in the same majors. So like when I got the opportunity to go to this um, workforce readiness program, I really loved it because it was a wide range of just ages of people, of just demographics and majors. So you were really um 
just seeing people in their career paths and just how far their journey goes. And it was really just inspirational just to see people like 20 years older than me at the same time, still motivated to like, you know, better themselves and better their careers. And I think it was just really eye opening to see that, you know, despite because, you know, I'm a senior right now. I have a lot of uncertainties with what I want to do moving forward. But it's just nice to know that like everyone's kind of in the same boat. You know, everyone obviously doesn't have the same experiences, but people along the ways of like finding their career in their journeys oftentimes have a lot of uncertainties. And it's just about networking and just finding people that, you know, are willing to help you. Yeah, and, and I stress that a lot here at the Career Education Learning Center. We try to stress mentorship. And then the last young lady I talked to was stressing mentorship that she wanted to do also. And then you just pass along that knowledge that you have. And so by those older people being there, then they're able to stress the knowledge and experience they have to you, and you're able to update them on the latest technology that they might not know of. They can help them out. So it's a win-win situation, correct? Exactly, exactly. And I feel like that was what was so like um, positive about the like the experience that was done because everyone was just so willingness, like willing to contribute and just be compassionate about everyone's situation. And just like you said, it was a win-win situation because we might not have been having the same experiences, but knowledge is knowledge. And like people gain a lot of insight from just people's different experiences. Yeah, and I think that's great there. And also on your profile, you say you're a first-generation Latina going to college. Tell us a little bit about yes. that and how happy yes, your parents must be here. Um, <laughs> excuse, can you repeat that last part, please? Oh, and how happy your parents must be. Oh, yes. Um, I'm actually a twin. So I have oh, a twin brother. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yes. I have a twin brother and he's um, he attends Bellarmine University. Mm-hmm. So we're both, you know, making our parents proud. And like, you know, God permits, we are able to graduate in May. But oh, funny nice. enough, funny enough, um, our graduations are on the same day. <laughs> oh, okay. That is fantastic. So you are a twin. I know something I can tell you on Career Education Learning Center that they didn't know is that Billy D. Williams has a twin. I did not know that. I, said I that did not day, know that. Billy D. Williams has a twin. I said, wow, twin sister. I'm like, I did not know that. It's amazing, but you can learn some positive things on, on social media. That's a positive thing, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love my twin. Hello. Yes. And like, I think that's really contributed to just us being as first gens. Like it's really motivated us to just do our best and really put ourselves out there because school is expensive and it's a privilege to go to school. Oh, it really is. It's very expensive. You know, it's one of the things here that we try to do, you know, try to minimize the expenses you have. And it's getting more and more expensive, you know, because you know, even though you're a small college, colleagues got new buildings, they get new faculty members got to be paid, right? They get expanded majors because of technology. And so that's cost. No, and yeah, and like just annual increases, like book costs, just like dorming, like a lot of things just really add up. Yeah, and, and it really does. Now, did you do an internship while you was at St. Mary's University? I did. I did an internship in Annapolis. I did it at the Maryland Catholic Conference Center as um as a part of my PPE uh, major. And I'm currently looking for one for my cybersecurity major. Wow. And so how important do you feel internships is, especially for maybe people who are young as far as in class, maybe a freshman, sophomore, and haven't thought about doing an internship? What are some of the valuable experiences that you think the internship you already had has helped you along the way for your education? 
I think internships are a transformative journey that I believe every individual should take. I think that it doesn't really matter if it's required in your curriculum. I think it really offers you a different circle, a different networking area. And not only that, but experience. I think that in my internship personally has helped me just gain a lot more confidence in terms of just the terminology and just what I want to do because you're experience, you're, you're witnessing people who are in the same occupations as what you would want to do. And you have the privilege to ask them a whole bunch of questions without any judgment or any lies or anything. Like it's Mm -hmm. purely authentic. And I think that the purpose of an internship is so is solely for people to get experience and just be able to be in an environment where they feel comfortable to ask questions where they need to. And I think not only that, but you get um, a recommendation for your internship. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just very valuable. You can put it on your resume and you Mm -hmm. can just learn a lot from it. I know that personally myself, I gained a lot more confidence just talking to people outside of just, you know, the people I see on a everyday norm. And I just gained more confidence in terms of just the legislation process and just what I want to do moving forward. I think um, I kind of had like a, I wouldn't say bad stigma, but just a very particular stigma around nonprofits and yeah. joining a nonprofit myself. I really just loved it and really I was drawn more to it. So I think it really opened up my perspective in terms of just what I want to do. And I would highly recommend it for anyone, even if you don't need it in your course catalog or anything, because it just opens up more opportunities for you and just people, you know. Yeah. And that's the event of an internship. So you might find out what you like or what you don't like. Right. right. I know a lot of my past guests have said, you know, they want to go into one major. They did an internship or work in a particular major they thought it was. And it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Right. You may want to be, let's say that you want to go into being a doctor or a nurse, something in the medical field. And I guess maybe once they seen that blood or once they seen something, right. or what they had to go through, like, this may not be the field for me, right? And so internship give you the advantage to see what you like and what you don't like. And as you stated before, you know, you may have had a precondition as far as, you know, the way things are and nonprofit, how they operate. And then right. you may change that perceived, you know, notion of how nonprofit works and see a whole different behind the scenes thing like, oh, I didn't know they did all this or I didn't know this how this occurred. So and I try to tell people all the time, the difference between nonprofit and for profit is that nonprofit mainly concentrate on the cause and not the profit. Exactly. But they still have to make a profit to stay nonprofit. Exactly. <laughs> right. still to stay in business. If anything, they should have to do more work. <laughs> oh, yeah, and do more work and, and, and probably volunteer more work than you're not planning on doing, right? Exactly. And not get paid for it a lot of times. So that's just one of the things I think I stress internships for people. My internship, Michelle, um, as I stated in earlier podcast, was I was in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, 1991. And so I, that was my internship. So I came back. I was just a, a parts clerk. And so I don't think unless I wanted to work at AutoZone or some type mm-hmm. of parts place, that would be any good for me. <laughs> okay. And sense. so I didn't have the opportunity to do an internship that I want to in banking and finance or marketing. And so that's why I stress internships for young people today that attend college. Like, go ahead and get your internships. And if you don't want to attend college or you don't want to um, do an internship, then get your license, get your certifications. Those are just as valuable. Yes, I think certifications are definitely so valuable, especially because oftentimes, like specifically in STEM careers, like you could not even go to college. If you know the material and you can get your certificate, then you can be just as valuable as someone who did. 
Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times it requires it's a certification anyway, right? I have my healthcare license and my security license on mm-hmm. um, sixty sixty three, along my life insurance license. Now you can have a degree and get those, but you have to have a license in order to practice, right? In order exactly. for me to practice life insurance or health insurance or security license, I had to know I'm licensed. There's no requirement for a degree, but there's a requirement for that license. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to real estate, well, the good you have all the degrees you want, but you got to have a real estate license. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to tell young people, especially coming out of high school, you know, you know, if you don't want to go college, that's fine. Go to the military, help the military pay for it and get a trade there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go straight if you go straight to work somewhere like maybe a Target, Walmart or some type of fast food like McDonald's, Bojangles. Learn as much as you can there. Move up within a company and get, get management experience there. And then you can really do what you want to do. And then hopefully you may become an entrepreneur yourself. And so there's just an array of options out there for young people. And I just want them to know they're out there and just take advantage of them. So you talk about the STEM program, Michelle. How is it important for you um, that the young ladies get a more STEM program? I stress this a lot when I talk to young ladies who are already in some type of STEM. How is it important for you to make sure that our younger generation know that, especially young ladies, that the STEM program is out there because from studies, they still lack in the number of minorities and women going into STEM programs. Well, personally, like going into my classes like this semester, I'm probably one of like four girls. So I think that the representation really matters because I could only imagine walking into a room and being the only girl. But like even just despite having three, four other girls there, it really just empowers me to just know that just because, you know, I might not be the majority doesn't mean that I'm not welcomed either. So and I think that representation really matters. I think that people it might be a harder career path or in different areas, obviously, but I think that people need to strive for their passions, even despite being the minority in the room, because sometimes the minority in the room is the person that's going to bring more perspective to the situation and let alone more dialogue in different areas because experiences really shape people. And I feel like being a woman in general is an experience. And I think that that needs to be showcased more. Oh, I totally agree. And I think that's the same that you were talking about when you went to the internship, right? You know, and went to that conference that weekend. You stressed that knowing different people, different backgrounds, different races, different ages, you know, the generational gap there. And coming at a common um, goal as far as learning what they all want to learn that weekend. And you've seen a different experiences. And, and when an input come in, you say, oh, okay, I didn't think about that, right? Right, exactly. From that perspective. So they're able to bring, when you bring different gram- demographics in, into an idea, then it can bring different ways of doing things or ideas that you didn't think about. Because right. the person had an experience or because the person may have come from the East Coast or from another country, they do it a different way and they can incorporate that into a way to get that goal solved. So I really think that's what you learn. I'm so happy that, that you're able to go to these things here. And I encourage young people, go to conferences, go to get your internships, um, go to different jobs, do different jobs if you can part-time. Well, one thing about that, Michelle, what do you do for fun? What activities do you do? Because we see all the studying that you do, and we know you work hard. But what does Michelle do for fun? Before um, we well, um, I'm actually president for Women in Law, so I really like um, building events and advocacy so women can just get educated in terms of just different resources that they can allocate for themselves. I'm also vice president for the Student Organization of Latinos, so I have a strong passion for just um, – 
cultivating Hispanic um, culture and just expressing that to different people and welcoming people to different styles of dance and food and overall culture, because I think that that's the beauty within us. The differences that we hold is what makes us different and it should be showcased in a variety of different ways because people oftentimes don't really know people in terms of cultural differences. And I think just, just showcasing that really, really brings a lot of lot to not only the environment, but it just really caters to people in a different way. Like, so people can feel more welcomed, especially in terms of like lacking diversity, because Mm -hmm. just having an atmosphere where people can, you know, freely express themselves or really just, feel entirely comfortable i think it's important and i really have a strong passion for just creating events like that and i really think um coming from like a salvadorian background i think it's really important to showcase just how amazing um you know my culture is and how amazing other people's cultures is um i'm also a public relations officer for a women's club soccer so i really love playing soccer i've played soccer ever since i was really little yeah so um i'm happy to say that i'm going to be um um, you know, joining my last year uh-huh. in soccer. And it's been really fun. I've been doing it ever since sophomore year. And I've met a great group of girls. So that's a little bit of what I like to do on my free time. That is fantastic. Yes, I think teamwork. One thing you learn about team sports, you learn about teamwork and camaraderie, all going for that common goal to win. And, I think uh, also in terms of like critiques, you know, like you're never mm-hmm. really going to perform your best. And I feel like having a group of support system where people are going to be like, well, you need to just do better. It's always pretty important. Just <laughs> no one wants um, someone to always just say yes to them, too. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I think that diversity part is, is, is great. And you get to play with women, you get to play soccer and sports. I always uh, I played sports when I was in high school and yeah, even on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was I was pretty good, but I wasn't good enough to play in college. I probably could have played, but uh, I think my Playing mom. Playing for fun is always good too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, well, Michelle, it's been a pleasure having you on our show today. Is there any advice or suggestions or comments that you have for our young people or viewers or listeners that may be listening? Um, I would probably just advise people to just fall in love back to learning. I think that people just being educated in just international relations, economy, or just different areas of education is important, even if you're not going to school or trade school or anything. But I, like you said, like certificates are really important. And I feel like just falling back into maybe the habit of reading or just, you know, things like that could really help people motivate them in terms of just motivation or just different career paths in life. And I think that people should just strive to learn more, even if you're done with school or don't want to go to school. But learning is always important. Yeah, well, Michelle, you're always going to be learning. Unfortunately, as I got older, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm 50 plus, as the audience probably heard before. But yes, you're always learning. You're always changing. And you're just doing transformative life. change, even by just this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you learn. I didn't think, you know, I thought like most people, when I get my four years of school, finish over, I'm not going to touch a book, I'm not going to see a book or nothing. And that was far from the truth. Right, <laughs> and so, exactly. yeah, when you get older, you want to, and then you enjoy learning then, right? You want to learn. It's amazing how that switch come on when you get older. Like, now I want to learn. I want to do something. I think as you get older, you get more mature, right? And exactly. so you expand your boundaries, right? Instead of just learning this little part, you expand your boundaries to learn even more. So it's, it's, just, it's always learning, always growing. And that's what this podcast is about. We want people to know that you are ever growing, you're ever learning, and hopefully it expands your horizons, right? 
Exactly. Yes. Expanding your horizons is never bad. And especially getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. That's the thing I hear all the time with my mentors. Mitchell, get uncomfortable. That way you'll be comfortable later on. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on. So I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. I had a great discussion and I can't wait to see more podcasts coming out soon. Oh, yes. And I hope you'll definitely come on our show, especially after you graduate. We'd love to see what you're up to then, okay? Oh, I would love to, yes. Well, I'd like to thank our viewers and listeners for joining me, Mitchell Rivers, on the Career Education Learning Center podcast, where we're making your career dreams a reality. God bless. <laughs>